Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Hi, I'm going to keep this intro short because it's actually the morning of the subsequent Sunday and we're about to do another live stream in about an hour. <laughs> uh, my time management skills, they're poor, but that's fine. This is a lovely, this is from last week's uh, podcast that we did. Um, there were some snafus at the beginning, as there are when you try to do a new thing because we should start using YouTube's streaming service. Um but uh, it's a really nice episode, I think. We talk a lot about, like, I don't know. I know I always talk about politics, and I'm, like, borderline ready to just call this a socialist mental health podcast because we can't stop it. But that that was a, a really interesting thing to dive into. Uh, so this is, like, forewarning. So I'm bringing it up now. is like some people, I think, really want to separate the idea of, like, their mental health and what they're anxious about from the ideas of, like, politics or what's going on in the day. Uh the material, the material effect of like what's going on in your world and your life, the idea that that would be separate from your mental health is like so silly, I think. So, you know, we talk a lot in this episode about that stuff and we also get into hopefully answering or approaching answers to the question of like, what can I do though? Because I think a thing that messes with a lot of our mental health and makes a lot of people stick their head in the sand about their own material problems even is just a sense of helplessness. And if you have this helplessness, you'd rather just sort of, you know, shove it into a little corner of yourself and lock it away and pretend it's not there and live in that denial. And I don't know. I don't think that that is really a mentally healthy thing to do. I, I don't think you can truly say you're well. I think you know you've got something, you know, locked in a locked in a closet. I think you know you got a little angry Wolverine somewhere that's being like, you know, tearing up the guest room and you gotta be like, hey, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. What's that sound? Nothing. Nothing. Oh no. I don't think about it. I don't think about the sound in the guest room. I don't think about the Wolverine tearing up the guest room because it causes me anxiety <laughs> and it's not good for my mental health. So yeah, uh, I think he's peeing and pooping in there a lot. Yes, that's fine. Uh, you know what I mean? But that's a metaphor. 
Anyways, I'm going to shut up and let the show just roll because, uh, like I said, we're doing another show soon and I just want to pop this up before we <laughs> get into it. If you like the show, check us out on patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Uh, if you, you can also go to mygoodbadbrain.com and uh, the, just, you know, buy shirts or things like that. And if any packs is fun. And uh, also I've been doing on Instagram live these these workouts at noon every day, these quarantine calisthenics. So we've gone, we've gone uh, four weeks straight, which is crazy. So if you ever want to come work out and you think that'll help you, I mentioned some of it on this podcast, check me out. Uh, Jarrett underscore sleeper and they're fun. They're fun little, you know, they're good for your bond and your brain. All right. Um, that's it. Thanks a lot. I'm going to shut up now. We're going to listen to the episode with me and Nick. We're talking and we're going to be, hopefully I'll see you again today at YouTube, youtube.com slash J sleeper is the channel. And, uh, you know, I'll post the, I'll post the link and stuff. All right. Thanks y'all. See you. Bye. I was fucking muted. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. I was fucking muted on my stupid ass mixer that I got to make my life easier. The betrayal of tech, man. You know? Feels good, man. Feels good, man. <laughs> now I'm showing up on the meters. Now I'm showing up. I'm showing up. <laughs> I'm jokerifying rapidly. Yay. We got yays. We got all goods. We got, it's happening. Wow. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Crazy converted. All right. Wow. We fucking did it. I was getting ready to just shut the shit down. And, you know, whatever. It's Sunday fucking morning. All right. Whatever. Hi, everyone. Hello, people in the chat. If you have anything you want to talk about, today's a, di- it's different. It's different today. We're in a new place. Sure. We're chilling. We're chilling. Getting ready to fucking smoke a joint. Just kidding. Well, kind of. Um. So I don't know if any you guys have probably. Well, here since you haven't been, you only heard half the conversation. We'll vaguely restart, like vaguely. Basically, Doctor Nick and I were talking before the show began, and while the show started, is like, how do you talk about anything but quarantine? Because this has become rapidly it's the quarantine show. How you how's your fucking brain doing in quarantine? Because we all are quarantined. Society is quarantined. Because society is sick. And then uh <laughs> and then uh and then we were talking about that. That like how do you not talk about politics? Like that there is this part of us that's like, oh I think that's a little bit of a an illness of the of the discourse as well, to be honest, which I think is falling apart in a cool way. Like the way we are taught to silo off our lives and say like, Hey, let's not talk about politics. Like don't know politics at the dinner table. And especially when it's something like mental health, I actually think this is related to what we talked about last week with like toxic positivity and stuff like that, that like this idea that don't talk about anything that might be materially affecting your wellness. (laughs) Just talk about the feeling you have, try to change the feeling. And on the one hand, I think that's like positive. I think it's like, a positive thing to think to yourself, oh, I can, my experience is subjective. My experiences and my thoughts are something that I can affect my behavior. And that's true. But you know what I mean? It's like saying, it's like, there's an aspect of it. That's like, if you had a big cut on your arm and someone was like, instead of trying to put pressure on the wound and stitch it up and stop it, we're just going to shoot Novocaine in there and just pretend it's not an issue. Yeah, no, totally. I I mean, I think what bothers me so much about it is, again, to kind of like um, retrench behind the like assumptions of doing science is 
when I feel like I'm talking to someone who has a different point of view, which I love to do, but then, you know, I get the sense that they're just not open to any evidence that might contradict their position. And so then I'll like start by kind of asking in the beginning, like, is this something that you would be open to changing your view about if you saw evidence that uh, this view was erroneous? And people just like can't, can't even answer that question. You know, often it's like, no, it's not. There is no evidence. It's all from a fake news source or blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is like, you know, the videos of Fox News hosts talking about how they've always uh, been consistent that the coronavirus is dangerous. And then, like, you just watch a video from five days ago and they say it's a left wing hoax. I mean, this is related to the idea that it's very difficult for some people to take in information that demonstrates that they could have been incorrect about a position. Isn't there literally like, um, there's a a famous study that was like, not the Kruger Dunning thing, but the one that's like, that there's like, um, some like, uh, if, if you are presented with evidence facts that your point of view is wrong, that it only deeper entrenches your belief. There are many, yeah, there are a lot of studies that kind of get at different angles of this, but there are some concepts like cognitive dissonance or confirmation bias that point at the notion that it's very uncomfortable for people to hold views that are contradicted by evidence. And so they will make an effort to keep their view and select evidence that supports it or distort evidence that contradicts it. So, right. Con- yeah. Confirmation bias. Right. And there's like a cognitive dissonance is another cognitive one. Dissonance. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a very famous study. I'm like trying to Google it on the side here. It's a Stanford thing. I think it's old. It's like, a, it was like, uh, we'll try and find it. Or, or if I find it, we'll put it in the, we'll put it in this week's literature. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, but I think that that experience is frustrating on, on both sides of the line because we're so used to. Somebody said here, by the way, oh, right. What are you doing, Michael Hollis? What are you doing for fun? Because we're in quarantine. Even the escapist topics of TV video games lead back to the context of quarantine. Yeah, exactly. That's like, this is the quarantine show. This is the quarantine mental health show. What are you doing to stay sane in this new world? And I will just, I want to keep on this topic that we're talking about, but I want to just retread for the people who, while we were muted, was like one thing we were talking about was that the strangeness of this time, obviously, but that Nick and I, who have always been weirdos i guess and like you know enthusiastic about uh societal breakdown whatever like possibilities i don't know i think i was i was just saying i'll just speak for myself that i have been experienced the james franco meme of like the first time thing with the noose around his neck from buster scruggs about everything where like my girlfriend and other people who are like i would say are normies uh, in a in a positive way in the nicest way i could say people who society as it has been has functioned for them like what not that it wasn't hard not that it's not hard and because it's hard on everybody it's hard to be a person but like that i think it's i think it's harder maybe this is part of the the thing about people who it's hard to show them facts that contradict what they're going in it might be related to it is that like if the system has worked for you if somehow like you found success through it even if it was challenging you overcame it though you figured things out i think it's harder to accept that the structures that seem so solid out there, these material realities that affect what our sense of things are is like, 
it's harder to accept that those might be imaginary or that they might be very fragile or that they could crumble overnight and actually don't have a lot of value and are proven to not. And that it would be hard to adjust to those facts on the ground uh, rapidly because up till now, it's been such a foundation of reality. I think for me, at least, nothing's really ever made sense to me. I remember I like got really broken about money early in my life because like of a couple of reasons. One, because there were times when my dad had a lot of money. He was like this personal injury lawyer. And then he had like this mental breakdown drug thing and broke some laws and stuff. And then I remember times when like the electricity and the power are getting turned off and it just seems so arbitrary. And then personally, I had like this experience of I would get like a, I was like a bus boy at a restaurant. I'd work my dick off all weekend. My feet would hurt. Everything would I'd barely have enough money to like pay a cell phone bill. And then I'd get a, a voiceover job where they'd be nice to you for 20 minutes and give you like, do you want water? And, and then you make like $2,000 to like say something right. on a microphone. And I was like, okay, so society makes no sense. Like there's no meritocracy. This has nothing to do with effort. And so things like that, like just fundamentally broke my sense of like, things make sense. We're going to, you know, everything's okay. And if you work hard, you'll be rewarded. All these things. So like, and that just added to my general mental state in general existentially where you're like, well, nothing makes any fucking sense ever. It's all just an idea. And then I decided to be an actor, but I think it was more the other way around. I feel like I had to be an actor because like it was just using your imagination to pretend things were real. And I was like, that's what I feel like I'm doing every fucking day anyway. So now that this is happening, I'm like, yeah, I'm like first time to everybody else who's like having this existential, like, what do we, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's what it always has been. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I do. And I, I guess what I'm concerned about, I mean, that, yeah, I, I makes perfect sense to me. I think it's just the idea that, I, I don't know, to me, I kind of, so like the lens I come through is I just feel as if people haven't like read enough history or like history of science. I mean, I don't know why on earth you would think or someone would think that the structures and rules that govern our interactions, that distribute money and resources, that these are somehow like the positivist rules, that we discovered these immutable rules and this is how it should be. It's just what's happening now. I mean, it's happening now and it was different 50 years ago and it was really fucking different 100 years ago and it was really different 100 years before that. So the idea that somehow this is the right way is just silly to me, but, but it seems as if people are invested, the winners are invested in convincing people that it can't possibly be any different or everything would be horrible. I mean, and this is like when I see, I mean, when I see like people posting pictures of empty supermarket aisles with captions, like dry run for a Sanders presidency, like this is socialism. I mean, it's just like, You're like- it's, it's literally <laughs> yeah. un- unfettered free market that you're seeing individuals right. boarding in an unfettered free market. That is actually what you are seeing. So the cognitive dissonance of transposing that reality onto something that isn't happening because it makes you feel emotionally safer right. in the face of this failure of the systems you believe in. It, to, to me, I, it makes me feel hopeless because I don't think you can reason with those people. In fact, that is an assumption. I, I just don't think you can reason with a lot of people. And so then I ask myself, well, given the, my assumption and perhaps other people, you know, I'm open to being convinced otherwise. I wish someone would convince me otherwise. But, you know, my view 
is that you just cannot reason with a lot of people. I can't say most people, I, you know, who knows, but a lot of people you can't reason with. So what do the rest of us do? You know, what do we do when we can't reason with a lot of people, even when it's in their self-interest, our, our, our perspective would be in their self-interest to share. What do we do? We can't reason with those people. And you're not going to reason with people in power who are beneficiaries of the system unless they have a real expansive moral imagination, which few of them do. So, so what, what's the next step? You know, that's kind of what I, well, I want to, I think related to that too. And you know, I'm like, sorry, not sorry to anybody listening or watching today. Who's like, cause this is something we talked about while you're muted too, is like, there's this idea that we should separate politics or something from our mental wellness, from like our whatever. But that's absurd. Like that you should separate politics from anything. They were like, we don't talk about politics. When politics are just the expression of the material conditions that affect our lives. And yeah. So, like, actually, so this to me, like people always ask me, like, what's the difference between social work and psychology? I think it's this, you know, I think in which is something I love about the field of social work is that we don't pretend that somehow what goes on inside your mind or even between people, like in a social psychological sense is not influenced by the structure of our society and material reality, that those things, we, my view, and I wow. think the view of the, the field is that those things are inextricably linked and it's just a fantasy to pretend they're not. So anyway. that's profound. I've never heard that. That's like, that's very profound to me. I feel like that's in in this that tiny phrase, I'm like, wow, that fundamentally shifts my understanding of what I'm interested in when I talk about like mental health or mental wellness. Is that like it's I because I've long had an inkling I'm not interested in psychology. I'm not interested in the psychology that is parodied in What About Bob of like the person who lays on a couch and that just doesn't fucking make sense to me. I'm I'm interested in uh, uh, the reality of my experience and how I can affect that and bring that in sync with um, things. And then also the reality of the world that's affecting my experience. Like, like one thing I think that's hard to navigate for me still, this is like the eternal navigation, I believe, of any kind of uh, attempt to affect my own cognition or mental health is like the line between one, which seems to have been a, a fairly, at least a battle that's being won more and more in the discourse of validating people's experiences of saying like, not just like toughen up or it's all in your head saying like, no, it's fucking real what you're going through. And there are real reasons that you're going through this, like, which is to me, material realities of whether they're more immediate traumas in your personal life or things that exist systemically that are not healthy for people's brains and spirits and bodies or whatever. And then, uh, but then the second half of it is, is the line of saying like, here's what you can change in effect. And then you can. And I think that was, that was what I was going to ask you about your thoughts on and, and what we do, because this is something I do feel like I'm being faced with a lot lately. Questions from my community, my friends, my loved ones, close people to me. And especially I would say like those normies who are like the good faith normies, the ones who are going like, whoa, all the things I thought actually are pretty fucked up. And uh, what do we do now? And um, basically, my thought is like facing material conditions. And I, I, I'm i nervous to ask this question because there might not be a very happy answer coming. I know you've like worked in social work in fucking like Los Angeles County. It's like, you know, there might not be a great answer here. But like facing the material realities of 
what seems fairly hopeless at the moment. Or, and, and like, we're all just small people. What can we change? What can we do? And being faced with like, I don't fucking know. Maybe I can't stop. I definitely can't do anything about the GOP. And now it seems like I can't even do anything about the Democratic establishment. And uh, maybe this is just going to march forward in this way. And this feeling of just hopelessness of this, this, I don't know, I will say, I will offer this kernel of the thing that occurs to me is just to you know, act locally, get it smaller and smaller, just affect positively whatever I can in my small realm. And that might just be bringing loaves of uh, good sourdough to that my, my, you know, James Beard chef best friend makes to my neighbors. But like, um, as opposed to, you know, these like sad little like squash mm-hmm. loaves, everyone making their best effort. No, but um, you know what I mean? But so what do we do yeah, with that I, hopelessness? Yeah. Because I think that hopelessness is the reason people revert to the thing we are talking about. The cognitive dissonance thing is like, I'd prefer rather than this murky hopelessness with no answer and no, no idea how to fucking affect things. I'd prefer to go back to just at least I had a sense that things made sense before. And I'm going to stay in those beliefs. Yeah. I mean, I think they're, you know, to kind of move up levels, I think it's, to, you know, I'm going to start low. I think it's really hard because, you know, what a lot of people do well, okay. So, so much of our kind of intellectual discourse now takes place online. Like that's the new salon, you know, yeah. it used to take place in, in living rooms and then in like social gloves, and whatever, but now it takes place online. And we are like, by the very nature of those tools forced into like truncated communication and like a hundred, whatever the fuck it is, you know, 180 characters or whatever. So you see people just sloganeering, you know, like mm-hmm. slogan slogans, are not discourse and slogans are inherently non-analytical. So I think that's one thing is when you find yourself yourself thinking in terms of slogans to force yourself to like do a causal analysis. Like what, what are you actually claiming? What is the claim that you're making and what's the evidence in support of the claim? Like, that's what I tried to do. Like I was about to retweet this, photo of like all the large healthcare corporation CEOs salaries, which is like a great photo, you know, it has all their salaries and where they were. But then I was like, actually, I, I, so I replied and I was like, Hey, do you have a source for any of these numbers? Mm -hmm. You know, and just stuff like that. So that, that's, one, Which, by one the way, thing. to me is part of why, and I fall into that trap too. Like, it's hard to not do those things. Well, I, it takes advantage of our natural inclinations. I mean, there's a reason why these, you know, these approaches are being A/B tested on millions of people all the time. So it makes sense that they're very good at getting us to do these things. You know, like, the, yeah, there's a. I, I don't want to derail, but there's that. This does make me think. There's um. Somebody said, uh, Ida Maria said, Greta Thunberg said something like, people talk about getting back to normal, but normal was a crisis. We shouldn't go back. Well, like 100%. But like on that um, that note of like, uh, there's a there's a there's somebody on I think their name Brad Brad Trammell on Instagram, and it's like an art kind of an art criticism account, but it's like from uh, I don't know if you could be like working class art critic or something like that. It's very funny. It's very online. It's obviously like poking fun a lot of the time at like establishment art practices, gallery art practices, things like this, the art education practices, and um, he he made this one long thread one time about art versus politics and that basically like art has no effect on pol like that maybe once upon a time but now it's been kind of like proven out that art is not going to achieve some political goal like the fact that you could have uh 
some Ricky Gervais or something in front of this room of elites, like saying all these, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying I'm a big fan of Ricky Gervais. I think he's got a lot of issues, but saying stuff to their face, that's true. And, uh, but, and they just laugh about it. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, so this isn't going to change anything, but that the question should become like, like, cause when you said that thing about sloganeering, I thought to myself, like, yes, that's true. That's also why I think memes and like, are basically haiku. You're like poetry, like is what we retreat into is something that says like, I'm not interested. Like basically the, the thought at the end of the Brad Trammell thing was we should think about what art can accomplish that politics can't that like, what is art for yeah. versus, you know what I mean? Like, just I do. I mean, I do. I think, I don't know. I'm a little more cynical about it. Like, I think the reason why all of Hollywood can laugh at like pretty fucked up truths about themselves is the same reason why it's okay to make fun of white people is because it doesn't threaten right. their or our positions of power. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. threaten power, right, right. you know, to make fun of like, oh, white people are boring. Like I, I can laugh at that because it doesn't threaten my privilege and power. Right. Know, no, I think that's true. But I, I'm, I guess what I'm thinking is like, as we move forward, maybe in the, in the state, cause I don't think of it as like a pop. I'm like, maybe this is just getting back around to this still this question. I, I didn't really let you finish about your, which I'd like you to go back to about like, you know, what do we do to, to, to empower ourselves and to hopefully have some positive effect, not just on our own personal well being, uh, but you know, not in a Novocaine sense in a sense of like, let's uh, treat the wound and change things is like, I don't know. It almost feels like, the attempt to use art or politics or whatever to change an established thing is meaningless. Like you're not going to, cause everybody just deeper entrenches in their things. And you really only have to focus on like what's new, like a, a new radical base or something like that. Like what the possibility of what you can create in your own life. That's, you know, not convincing a, a machine that exists to be something it's not. Yeah. I feel you. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of think that, you know, to, okay. So we think about like, what are the most effective like tools of power? And I think art can be one. And like, I think art can change attitudes in the sense that, you know, there's good evidence to show there was like a soap opera introduced in, I believe it was in Brazil that talked about, um, uh, safe sex practices. And that like, that was associated with the measurable increase in safe sex practices, like among viewers. So, you know, there are ways of, like disseminating information to people uh, to change cultural norms through art. Like I do think, you know, and now, now that medium is like TV or um, film. So I do think, and probably now like newer tools, like, like video, YouTube videos and, you know, um, influencers and whatnot. So I, I do think that that can have some kind of effect on the culture, but the problem is that like, it comes back to who gets to, disseminate and decide and it's it's just we know now it's not a democratic process i mean but don't you think that's part of like the inner the power of the internet is like this co-created strange like the the, yeah, the under... I, I do but i don't think it's a i mean the kind of fantasy is that it's a totally egalitarian marketplace where people vote on what's best and those things rise to the top and i just don't think that's the case i think it's right I, i'm open to changing my view about that again when when shown evidence. But to me, it's, I think it's people who have the most money and support are amplified. Right. And within small groups, you know, it's not like one normal curve. There are all these kind of subgroups, like small curves. And, you know, there are moneyed interests that amplify voices within those small 
groups. So I think that's probably, that, that seems to be, you know, what's happening. Yeah. Um, and so what does that tell us? Well, it's the same thing that it's been from the dawn of time that money capital is really the, the, tool of the, the like most effective tool of power. So I think that, you know, yes, we have to do what we can in our spheres, but I mean, we got to, we have to like be present in local politics. So like my colleague, yeah. Robin, who I work with on this um, youth homelessness intervention, she is like this tireless advocate for uh, engaging in local politics. And she, I mean, really from the time that I've known her, she's always like, anytime there's like a local election in LA, she's you know, harassing everybody about it to go and vote. And pe- people don't, you know, like a few, th- a handful of people vote for city council, like thousands, you yeah. know, in a city of millions. It's just crazy. And like, these are the real decision makers who right. our daily lives and like nobody fucking pays any attention or gets engaged with that. So I think local politics is one, but I, I don't know. I really, hmm. I actually think that we're in a period where we don't have a good template for mass structural change. We don't have a good template. I mean, like we thought we had one in the kind of, uh, you know, Tahrir Square revolution. Like there were books written about how social media had become like effective tools for organizing revolution. Mm -hmm. But actually what happened is that those tools got co-opted by the government for mass surveillance. And now we have another dictatorship in Egypt. That's true. That's true. That's also like on the radar didn't work out the way people thought it would. That's also like um, <laughs> like the Bloomberg campaign paying all the meme aggregator accounts to make Bloomberg memes. Remember that like there was a week of like the Bloomberg yeah. every every yeah. big meme account was like... Aggregators lives. They all bought beach houses with well, that. I mean, I was like, you know, there was a part of me that that's kind of like the, the chaotic uh, <laughs> the chaotic good. I, I realized last night that I'm definitely just chaotic good. It's like, turns out that's my alignment. But that like, that sort of, I feel like my chaotic good approach to that stuff was just like, whenever people are like, ah, don't take evil money or something like that. You're like, well, <laughs> like money's money. And uh, sometimes you yeah. can take the evil money. It's like Robin Hood. You like have to. But um, but it's like a very, you know, I, I almost like didn't begrudge those people. All, all money is evil money. I mean, all See, money that's is That's what evil I money. think. That is what I think. But it's like, whatever. As long as... I don't I don't think it's like I don't think it's uh, intellectually honest to criticize people who your only option to survive is to take the scraps from the Lord's table to to like not do it, you know, until we have like a new situation. Huh? I said I would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. It's like what can you do? But so okay, I I do want to try to get something positive out of this out of you. I'm like not like again, not toxic positivity, not that I need positive. I'm just like, yeah. I want tools, I want solutions, I want things. So, like, yeah, yeah. Faced with a possible situation, uh, what do you, what do I do? What do I, to not be fucking miserable and to not just dig my, put my fucking head in the sand? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, here, here's what I'll, I will just say like, I think one of the things about toxic positivity is that it proposes easy solutions for difficult problems that don't work. Right. So, to me, you know, Positivity is not easy. It's hard. It's hard. It's, pro- it's probably hard. Like I remember when I was living in uh, Northern India, my, t- my teacher, this monk who was my teacher, I forget what it was, but I asked him like, which of these two things should I do? You know, a, a decision that seemed like difficult and, and important at the time. And he just asked me, well, uh, I'll just tell you what my teacher told me. Uh, which one is harder for you? And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, yeah, this one. And he's like, well, that's probably the one that you should do <laughs> so, really like that was like yeah. flat out was just like do the challenging one 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. Now, of course, that won't apply in every situation. In this case, it did like kind of resonate with me like, oh yeah, this is like the one that's more in accordance with my values, you know, even though it's harder, but, but yeah, I do think there are, you know, so even though I don't think we have a template for change at this point, like yeah. big change, I do think, yeah. Uh, holding yourself to a higher standard when it comes to kind of being scientifically minded, like looking for evidence and, and just getting comfortable with being wrong. We're wrong all the time. We overestimate how, uh, right we are. Uh, so I think just being comfortable being wrong and learning to say, Oh, I was wrong about this and change your view in the face of evidence. I think that's a really useful skill. And to model that, you know, just to model that for everyone in your life. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, to be compassionate and decent to each other is really important to understand that validation and acceptance and accepting reality is not enough. It's the starting point for action, you know, like that's another one that I think is really important. And then I think to be involved locally, you know, to be involved locally, um, to try to make change locally in the sense of like voting for your city council members, your judges. Um, it's so hard to like, I don't know. There's not a lot of resources. I actually literally asked a friend this week. There's one called LA podcast. They said, listen to that a good one. They just talk about like local LA politics and what's going on. What um, if you're in LA, but my friend, Robin Petering lens, lensco.com, you know, just email. Lensco. Yeah. I, I follow her on um, Twitter. She like, there's, she often has like good stuff. Robin Petering has like really good. Yeah. There's just very few uh, resources. I feel like it's yeah. odd that like, national politics seem easier to get info and understanding of than, than well, because who is making money talking about national politics? A lot of people, you know, who's making talking about local politics. There's just less money in it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't know. know. Crazy. Well, yeah. So I don't know. So, so you said something in there that I think was like really interesting, which is like, uh, that, that like I I'm paraphrasing, but I want you to repeat it if I got it wrong was something that like, uh, feeling like good, wellness isn't like the goal. It's like the starting point to be able to do stuff. Yeah. Well, this, this I think is a something, a concept that I run into a lot where it's, you know, val first of all, validation and acceptance. Like when you finally get to a place where you're like, okay, I accept that like, these are the problems I'm having, whether it's, you know, like intermittent, uh, major depressive episodes or an underlying anxiety, you know, like, okay, I finally accept that this is the problem. And maybe you're able to like disclose that to people, but that's not like, you're not done. You're just at the very beginning now. Right. So that's awesome. Like you getting to the beginning is a big deal. Like if you don't get to the beginning, you can't fucking go anywhere. Right. So you have to get to the beginning, like the starting line. You have to, the first job is to just get there to like get to the beginning of the, I don't like the race analogy, but just to start, cause like take a stroll, you know, it's not a race mm-hmm. to get to the beginning. But once you've gotten to the beginning, which demands radical acceptance of the truth of your situation, then you, have, you need to do the things that will, get you to your, your goals that will help you live in a way that's consistent with your values. Um, like, and that requires another set of skills, you know? Um, and I think too often, both in mental health and in general, we think, okay, once I've like told the truth, you know, to myself and accepted reality and you know, that, that I'm like done now and it's the opposite of that, I think. 
Yeah, that, that, that's uh, back when I was uh, first getting into like fitness and stuff like that, uh, like a decade or so ago, which really came out of martial arts. I was doing martial arts stuff and I wanted more. GPP for that. I used to, I call it uh, the daily preparation. That's like how I started to think of it was like a sort of like a, you know, sort of spiritual practice. I don't think there's like separating spiritual and physical really that much. Just like I say on this podcast, it's called my good, bad brain. Like, I don't think there's a separation between the physical and mental either. Like it's all. There isn't. I mean, what what would that separation be? Where is the non-brain based mind? I mean, what is that? Right. I I personally believe in it as like an act of faith. I believe like whatever makes us human is like, I think of this vessel as like, this is the TV set and the signal is coming from somewhere else, like whatever consciousness is. But that's me. That's like my personal. But it's it's beyond an act of faith. It's an act of knowledge. I mean, there might be a mind that is entirely separate from our brain, but it doesn't have anything to do with our experience now because our experience are so mediated physically. So maybe that, that thing could have been, I'm agnostic about it, but it's not what we're experiencing now. Yes. And that's exactly, that's how I always feel. It's like either way, I just, for some reason that thought brings me comfort and I like to think about it. I feel like I've had moments of such absolute certainty about it that it brought me a lot of comfort. Like I was like, Oh, life is eternal. Like that, that's like whatever, but that's just, you know, neither here nor there was the, the, uh, because you can also be like a moment is eternal. I sort of feel that way as well that like, you know, this very, but, um, that like this, uh, I don't know the sense that, that we're, um, I literally just fucking blit like totally disappeared. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What was I just saying? I was just saying we're talking about eternal moment. That's because my consciousness went off into the cosmos that there is no experience that I can describe to you or anything else. That is not this one. That is not physical. That is not something that comes through the lens of my brain, the chemicals of my like blood brain barrier, the molecules smashing around inside of me. It's like a physics problem. Most of this experience, but that um, there's a sense I, I had this, I felt very, profound experience one day uh like a year or so ago about that daily that preparation thing is you're like what am i doing this for like what what was i uh doing all this martial arts or like well i picked them a jujitsu right a martial art that is like dealing with a a human body a a physical human body that is non-compliant um all the lifting and strange exercise and things like that. What what is that for? And like so many people fantasize, like, they're like these these apocalypse fantasists, you know, about like the day all these ninjas are gonna like fall out of the ceiling and you're gonna be like time to do to fight these ninja terrorists or something like that. But like uh, in reality, it was like my mom had had she was in the hospital and she had some medical thing where like she almost died. Like there was like a a suture broke in from the thing that was very like standard and and like uh the like the practice like the procedure she had was standard it shouldn't have happened it was like a bad suture and she got like this embolism she almost like choked basically on her own swelling and almost died they got her to the hospital she was okay she was in the hospital so we flew out we were hanging out with her in this hospital and and at one point um because she had to stay in bed it was like very you know like she went had to go to the bathroom so i helped walk her to the bathroom and we like with my brother or so i got her the and and while just standing up off the toilet after she was like done and I was coming back in to help her as she stood up, she just blacked out. Like I'd never seen anything like it. It was terrifying. Like just sandbag totally disappeared. I, it was terrifying. I've never seen it happen in a human body, like up close like that, like totally just out on her feet. And it was like, 
out of nowhere, you know, I, you know, I could, I caught her and you could catch her. And it was like, I've never felt a human body that's that limp either. And she's, you know, and like, it was very challenging. It was probably the hardest physical feat I've done in my life, but you were like the difference between my mom falling and hitting her head on the ground, you know, totally limp and unconscious on the tile. And who knows what that could, that could kill somebody, you know, you don't know. And not was because I had spent a decade or so doing this stupid martial art, dealing with non-compliant bodies, doing all this weird lifting. So it was like the prepar- the reason I was like preparing myself for whatever wasn't ninjas falling out. It ended up being like, hey, catch, catch your mom, like catch you know, and hopefully prevent brain damage or whatever the hell could happen and, you know, lift her and get her back to the bed. And it was like crazy. And I feel like that kind of uh, thing is like, I don't know, that feels very related to this, like, how do I get to the starting line, quote unquote, whatever we're going to call it, the base of the mountain, whatever my mountain in life is going to be, and why? Like, what am I doing in my daily small moves to be well, to be like, whatever that feels like it is, and hopefully doing it without anxiety. I mean, someone just asked another thing, um, uh, any sanity advice for people that live alone? Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. But like, this sort of like, if if the baseline is so that I'm ready to act, like what am I, you know what I mean? Like if if that's, maybe that's part of the mindset is less about like, maybe that's part of the way you'd feel like less insane in the face of impossible odds is saying like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the path is. I don't have an answer. I just feel like I should be ready. And if I'm doing my best to prepare myself for whatever that thing is, then maybe I'll at least feel a little sane like that. I'm yeah. Trying. Yeah. So this makes me kind of think of a couple of sort of assumptions that underlie at least like the work that I've done that I think is, and I think these are important assumptions. So like all organisms are kind of at root have two drives, right? It's move towards pleasure, move away from pain. Like that's like, you know, from amoeba all the way up, like that's, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, basic physiological drive. And so with humans, it's like, well, we want to maximize our happiness. And I think that's good and true. Like we should try to be happy. Of course, what the fuck else, you know, why we got to try to be happy, but there are going to be times when just happiness isn't in the cards. And those might be long stretches or short stretches. And this kind of comes back to something we've talked about before on this podcast, which is as human beings, we, we can kind of, we have like another, a higher order, like, um, kind of principle that we can adhere to. So while I do think it's important to move towards pleasure and move away from pain, even kind of over and above that, we have this ability to move towards our, our values, to move towards the things that we think are important, our personal kind of values. And we can do that independent of whether we're feeling good in the moment. Certainly it helps to feel good. Yeah. You're not feeling good. Uh, and you've like done a lot of work to try to feel good. And it's like, it ain't happening right now. It's kind of like that, um, actions before, uh, or kind of like, um, activation before motivation, kind of truism right. of activation, like get activated and that'll kind of drag motivation behind you. Yeah. If you act in accordance with your values, typically feeling decent will come behind that, you know? So figuring out like, what are your broad values and what are they in particular situations that you're running into and then acting in a way that's consistent with your values, even when you don't feel good, that that is going to, in general, 
elevate your well-being. Um, yeah. I think that's a, you know, and it's kind of to kind of connect it to back to the story that you told is even if you don't feel like exercising one day, you know, that like being prepared physically is important to you. That's a value. Yeah. So, so you might do something so that you're acting in a way that's consistent with your values, even if it's not giving you enjoyment in the moment. Yeah. You know? I will say like this past month of doing the quarantine calisthenics thing, which I'll do it again today at noon. If everybody wants to join, well, you know, do it at noon at my Instagram live has like, uh, I haven't, I hadn't had a very consistent physical practice prior to that it had fallen off. And it's like really changed. Uh, it just, that's another thing I'm not really taking into my account of how fine I'm feeling in quarantine, I guess. It's like, because I'm not every day, but that's like normal. But um, but that, you know, I, I like to think of my body as like um, a pet. It's like a dog that I have to take care of. And that like, it, it, that's just the reality of it. If I don't take it for walks, if I don't feed it okay, if I don't give it like pets and stuff like that, then like it, gets fucking shitty and irritable and depressed. And it like, then I have to deal with the results of it, like shitting on my bed, you know, um, because it's upset, uh, which related to someone asked, um, any sanity advice for people that live alone and miss hugging people, uh, get a cat, a body pillow, find a neighbor who's also alone and agree to be quarantine buddies. Um, that's actually a very good question. I think a lot of people are, do you have any thoughts about that? Cause obviously like physical contact is like a pretty essential part of, human animal like well it's essential it is essential yeah i mean look so if there if you are able to safely without you know violating good quarantine practice get some contact with someone i think that's ideal but you may not be able to do that and if you can't do that i think that you know unfortunately it's like the tried and true stuff that people are doing so if you can do some kind of like video connection with people who you care about that's really important um, you know, so you have some kind of social contact that's one. And then two is movement and exercise. Like if you can go outside, especially if you can go like into nature without violating good quarantine safety, I think that's, can be really helpful. So nature, and if you can't go into nature, doing some vigorous physical activity to tire your body. Um, Oh that, yeah, that's a good one. That's going to be really important too. That that uh, actually that was uh I would say in like some of my most dire mental states in the past when I've like been really I would say like in like super duper crisis mode. I do think that um physical like practices, I, I just exercising myself to a point of just absolute exhaustion was like one of the like a life saving tactic. Yeah, I mean, I think look, there are some things that we know um. Uh, release endogenous opiates like endorphins and physical exercise is one masturbation is another i'm sure i don't have to remind people to do that when they're alone but you know those things do release endorphins so i think you know do that stuff yeah that's awesome so that's a pretty good note to end on i guess what to do at the end of the world just fucking jack off let it rip yep no, that's funny. Um, well, I don't know. I think like that's pretty good. Someone said their sound just uh, went out. Well, whatever. I, I think our sound's going to... You know what? I think we could call it though too. We had a pretty good... It's 1054. We struggled at the beginning with the thing. I don't know. I hope that this... Uh, I hope that this like... Whenever people listen to this, 
I get so nervous about like the the toxic positivity thing. I have the voice in my head, which is like, please just don't stress me out. Don't be stressing me out. Da, 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 da. This, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't want to be that, you know, the, the whole trigger warning concept, which I know there was also like a study thing that came out that was said, like trigger warnings actually stress people out more. You know, that like that, uh, it, I feel like it's like if a baby falls down on their face and you go, oh, oh, they like start crying. But if they fall on your face, you go, oh, you okay? They're just like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Like they respond to your. I'm not a big, I mean, I am only in favor of the trigger warning in very, very limited circumstances. I'm not a big supporter of that. Okay. Yeah, but you know what I mean? But this sort of like, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess you said it earlier is like, baseline is like it's not about denying the problems that exist it's about like acknowledging them and then approaching them with like knowledge and and um yeah the the reason i feel like it's certainly we don't want to be like fucking you know on purpose stressing people out for no reason that's like just shitty behavior but i think stress causes adaptation if you have the tools to adapt but without stress you don't get any adaptation so a little bit of stress with the tools to convert that stress into adaptation is good you know so i think hopefully if to the extent that we raise stressful topics they're accompanied by the tools that you need to convert that stress into adaptation so trying to avoid stress um I mean, certainly that's impossible to do. And I don't think it's good to do either. You know, like have, look yeah. at people who have very, very low stress in their lives when then they're exposed to a bigger stressor, like they perform horribly. And so th- we don't want to be those people. Um, that's a really great, like just sort of attitude to adopt about stress that I don't think I've heard anyone actually say that stress induces adaptation. Like that's the evolutionary thing about it. As long as you have yeah. the tools to, to, deal with it and then if you do have the tools to deal with it like we discussed a bunch of them here like it's exercising it's getting involved in local politics it's like learning more about your you know whatever the topic is that's stressing you physiological relaxation like everyone should just have in their back pocket knowing how to do deep breathing and knowing how to do progressive muscle relaxation and you could just type both of those phrases into youtube and you'll get a million Okay, I'll bu- I'll bug you to give me a favorite one this week, especially for the progressive muscle relaxation, because I think I've done it without knowing it was called that. But I want to find one because that seems like a useful thing to always have. Good one. Say it one more time. Oh, I'll find a good progressive muscle relaxation script. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm trying to get better at a not over talking in general and be like on this thing. I really have to. Whenever we're talking at the same time, I like can't. I'm like I can't understand. So I'm trying to just shut the fuck up more, which is. <laughs> intermittent at best all right man well thanks a lot thanks for being here again this week um thank you guys for joining us uh if you got over here to the the youtube one i have enjoyed this i think it it's a little more delay but let me know what you think it seems maybe it's easier for people to engage maybe we'll just keep trying this one might as well we tried mixer for like a month and maybe we'll try the youtube one might as well because that's like we got it yeah. Uh, hey man, thanks a lot. Um, check out uh, mygoodbedbrain.com if you want shirts or anything like that. Patreon.com slash mygoodbedbrain if you want to throw any bucks at the show. That's always that's helpful. Um, and um, I don't know. What did you want to you want to plug anything? Not many plugs, but I will find that script because I think it's good. I'll, I'll find the progressive muscle relaxation and a deep breathing like video um, cool. that people can follow. 
along with because fuck we all we all could use yeah seriously this and then uh oh and then oh quarantine calisthenics if anybody wants to on the on that note if you feel like exercising i've been doing it every day at noon on instagram live at my uh, jarrett underscore sleeper and um hey it's been cool like yesterday someone like there's some regulars some people are like calling it the quarantine they're like recognizing each other on there it's, it's neat it's really fun it's we're done I've, i haven't ever gone over an hour which is amazing it's usually about 30 minutes of actual exercise even including uh including all the talking we're usually out by 12 45 but no later than one as long as i start on time <laughs> all right so we'll see you guys at noon if you want to do that uh thanks guys thanks a lot thanks dr nick i'll talk to you guys later bye Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.